It's Tuesday, November 14th. Welcome to the Jazz Joe Hall Show. Hope you're well. Thanks for tuning in on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. There's no rain, so we'll take it, folks. We've got lots to talk about today. We continue our series, The Next Million, as we look at whether the region can still attract the next generation of entrepreneurs, especially in a region with high taxes, significant regulations, and little industrial land. We'll be talking about that issue at four o'clock. The other issue we're going to really focus on today, and you probably heard about it in the news over the last uh, 24 hours or so, BC-based Tech Resources, a massive mining uh, company based right here in Vancouver, has decided to sell its coal business to a Swiss trading giant and two Asian steel makers for about $12 billion dollars. Canadians. Should this foreign takeover be stopped be, uh, because of uh, national interests? Uh, Kirkle Point from the Business in Vancouver will be joining me at 4.30 to have that conversation. It is a bigger issue that continues to grow as uh, EVs uh, play a significant role and critical minerals play a significant role. How much of our natural resources should we be providing foreign companies access to? That's at 5 o'clock. And at 5, we're going to talk, sorry, that's at 4.30. At 5, we're going to talk about delayed flights and never-ending security issues and seats with no legroom. Of course, we're talking about why flying is such a huge, huge challenge these days. How did flying turn into the Hunger Games? How do we get it back to uh, get it back to a point where we actually enjoy flying? We're going to look at that issue uh, at five o'clock. But first, let's focus on our top story today. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Premier David Eby announced a new lithium-ion battery cell production plant, costing more than a billion dollars, and it'll be built right here in Maple Ridge. The province says it's contributing up to. To $80 million, with $970 million coming from the federal government, E1 Moli, and private sources. Here is Prime Minister Trudeau. Today is an important day for the local community, for BC, and for the clean, strong economy we're building right across the country. E1 Moli has picked Maple Ridge to build a major lithium-ion battery cell manufacturing facility. This investment will create up to 350 great new jobs and secure over 100 existing positions. This new E1 Moly facility here in Maple Ridge will produce up to 135 million battery cells per year and become the largest factory in Canada. That was Prime Minister Trudeau from a couple of hours ago. And as he said, it will create uh, 450 permanent jobs, 100 jobs that are already there and about 350 new jobs. The plant will produce the lithium cell batteries, which are mostly found in products like vacuums, medical devices uh, and power and garden tools. As part of the agreement, E1 Moly will be switching some of its plant operations from natural gas to electricity in what the province says is part of its role in the clean technology industry. Well, joining me now to talk a little bit about today's announcement and Prime Minister Trudeau's uh, challenges that are before him, including affordability and uh, challenges when it comes to the carbon tax and, of course, low polling numbers. Joining me now is Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter. Hello, Richard. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, I wasn't expecting uh, this to be a billion-dollar announcement. I was expecting a big announcement, certainly not a billion dollars. What's your take on this? Yeah, so it's a lot of money here, $80 million from the province, uh, almost $205 million from the federal government. Uh, the rest comes from these private sources. It's interesting, though, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation already out saying this is a waste of money. The federal government should be investing in people and not multinational battery companies. But we know that this sort of investment will lead to a huge boost in jobs, uh, make Maple Ridge 
a leader in this type of technology. You know, these sort of batteries will be used in so many products that we use every day. And investing in this sort of clean tech is something that BC wants to be seen as a global leader in. And getting this sort of government investment is important, but the private investment part is more significant. The fact that there's more than $720 million in private investment coming to Maple Ridge uh, is a big win uh, for the community, a big win for the province, and will help BC become a significant leader when it comes uh, to this type of uh, battery development and and, uh, uh, building on uh, from that sort of work. Yeah, I think you raised a very good point. I was uh, in August. I was talking to a, um, an automotive executive from Ontario, and I said, "You know, this fourteen billion dollar subsidy uh, for uh, Volkswagen when they were to open their plant." I go, "Can you tell me how this works for taxpayers?" And and keep in mind, this is one individual's opinion, but he says, "Look, for when we open that plant," and he was involved in, in broadly in, in sort of these talks, was saying, "When you open these plants up, you're going to con- probably create about fifteen hundred small businesses in and around." that plant in regards to supplying that very EV plant with tremendous amount of products and we already have a culture of doing that in Ontario it will easily pay pay off uh, itself in, in many ways now but having said all that do you think in this particular case uh, that this will have much of an impact on the Prime Minister's broader numbers here in British Columbia and across Canada as well because right now we're in the midst of an affordability issue I'm just looking at another poll by the Canadian Taxpayers Federation this is just one more organization keep that in mind but they found 49% of respondents oppose BC's carbon tax compared to 24% who supported it. Where are we in this conversation when we're announcing a billion dollar plant, EV plant, or sorry, a lithium ion plant at the same time, a good chunk of BC says, you got to stop the carbon tax. Yeah, this is small potatoes when it comes to the overall political needle. You know, 140, 100, sorry, 450 full-time permanent jobs here, investing in the clean economy, sure, investing in lithium ion batteries, sure, but To move the dial politically, you need something that puts money back into the pockets of all British Columbians. And and that is something that Pierre Polyev has been speaking about for months and months and months. And on his way through Metro Vancouver yesterday, he spoke about that issue again. And now the focus du jour is around the carbon tax. And unless the prime minister is willing to budge on the carbon tax, he is going to continue to struggle hitting that lever. Because... Based on that poll that you just cited, Jazz, British Columbians have clearly tied the carbon tax to affordability. And unless the Prime Minister comes to the table with some substantial affordability measure, Mm -hmm. money back in your pocket, it's going to be hard to change the dial. So these sort of projects are great. They're uh, big-time development. They will add jobs in and around the sector in Maple Ridge. But it doesn't resonate much more than that. It doesn't speak to people in Surrey, uh, in uh, Port Moody, in Victoria, in places where the prime minister uh, is attempting to try to engage with voters and the conservatives may feel that they have some wiggle room. And the other challenge I think people forget is that the tax is going to be going up every single year uh, uh, till 2030. So they'll see it at the gas pump, number one. But there's a significant reliance uh, by the provincial government on those funds. I think next year, it's estimated that the uh, carbon tax will bring in over $3 billion, with a B, $3 billion to government. You can't just shut it down. I mean, they literally are in need of those dollars. And there's no way you could plug the loss of $3 billion. I think it's becoming clear that they need to find a different way to find affordability. And they have gone 
to the BC Hydro rebate in the past, Jazz, and that may be somewhere where the province looks again. The challenge there is how do they deal with Fortis customers who rely on natural gas, who very much would like to see a rebate as well, and that would be a provincial program aimed to put money back into people's pockets directly for heating, which is what this debate is largely centred on. More affordability measures around groceries or gas prices, those ones are a little bit trickier for both the federal government and the province. You know, people, we've seen boutique rebates in the past that you apply through your taxes every year and you get money back uh, through either childcare or activities for kids, programs like that. But often they're not as effective as saying, well, here's X amount of money that will help you pay down your credit card bill this month or help you save on home heating. So it it may be one of those things that we see. The province has more tools to pull here. We may see that in the upcoming budget. The federal government has less options when it comes to saying this is how we are directly going to put money back into your bank account to make life a little bit easier considering cost of living. Groceries may be one target, but it's hard to find where the lever is there considering that that marketplace is so uh, segregated by different companies and also the private sector dominates the grocery sector as well. We got about uh, uh, a minute or so, but I mean, the other conversation I think we all need to have, is it actually the carbon tax itself changing behavior? Um, you know, those, the, the low hanging fruit of those who are going to buy EVs, they've bought them. But for the average family buying two EVs at 50,000 a pop, I'm just taking a number out of the year, which would be probably two Teslas, base, base model Teslas, that's a lot of money. Uh, and most folks can't afford it. So think that the transition is going to occur quickly. That's the other issue. Is it actually changing behavior? And that can also be debated at this point. Yeah, and the logistics are also hard. You know, some people don't have homes equipped to be able to have a charger. Getting affordable EVs, as you described, more difficult. We know the manufacturers are getting away from that sector because it's becoming too expensive. So it's hard to believe that it's changing behavior. People may be making determinations to go down to one vehicle, but that's hard too with all the activities kids may have or the movement you have to do in a city like Metro Vancouver. So I'm not sure it's had the total intended consequences, but there are different ways that they can try to incentivize. We'll see. This may be a loser issue for Trudeau, but he needs to find another way to try to plug in that affordability piece so people can really feel that this government can help them save some money on these driving increases in in cost of living. Yeah, absolutely. Richard, thank you. My pleasure as always, Jazz. Thanks for having me.